What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. Today, I'm so excited to talk to Sarah, who is known as Budget Girl, all over the interwebs, on her blog, on YouTube, on Instagram. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for making the time to talk to me. The internet didn't want me to connect with you. It was like being so annoying, but I finally got you and finally got time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sure thing. So, Sarah, I want to start with two fun questions about money, and then I want to jump into a little bit more of your backstory and your platform. So the first question is going to be about spending, because I think a lot of people, they see a platform like yours with Budget Girl, so many followers, so many subscribers, and, you, and you're giving such great advice and showing your strategy for getting out of debt. Um, and they think that you just have it all together, right? That like you, you must know money, and, and that must be a skill you have that they don't have. But the truth is, you know, personal finance influencers make mistakes too, and you figure things out uh, the hard way as well. So the question is, if you could think about a money mistake, a purchase that you made that you regret, or something that you bought that you really wish you could go back and, and change that decision, what would it be? Uh, so my biggest money mistake was taking out student loans, but not for school. So mm -hmm. I don't regret the student loans that I took out for my actual classes and dorm and books because those gave me an education that I was then able to parlay into a well, a good paying job. Not at first, but eventually. Uh, the student loans that I regret are the ones that I took out to live off of, because yes. someone very helpful, and I wish I could remember who it was, told me in my freshman year that you should take out more student loans than you need for just your regular uh, school expenses. Uh. So just in case, you need some extra money during the semester, it's there. Now, I worked multiple jobs all through college, and I was making enough money to live off of outside of the just That's the dorm and awful. the school and everything like that. But I took a, a couple thousand dollars each semester to just live on, and I cannot tell you where that money went. Um, I can oh, tell no. you that it probably, a good percentage of it went to Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is so and, real. Yeah, and like sorority stuff, you know, buying yeah. presents for like your little sister and parties mm -hmm. and buying like stuff on sale and just junk for the dorm room. But that was not worth having to pay it back about fourfold yep. several years later. Not yep. at all. That is such a good answer, especially right now, because I think that student loans are so appealing to a lot of kids that think, oh, look, the student loan interest rate zero or, oh, look, the government is going to help um, to relieve student loans. It's not a big deal. And actually, student loans start accruing is, if they're unsubsidized, then, you know, obviously you, you have to pay attention to them because they start accruing the day you get the loans. It's not like the interest starts accruing six months after graduation. No, the interest is immediate. You know, your payments aren't for six months after you graduate, but your interest starts building up immediately. So you were paying interest on all that money that you were spending and, and you could have just not, you could have just not gotten any extra than you needed and saved on all that interest. Yeah. I only took out about twenty-two, $24,000 worth, but by the time I graduated, it was 27. And by the time oh. I started paying on it a couple of years later, it was 33. Oh, I was so about to say probably over 30. Like, oof chunks up and I started out making $24,000 a year out of college so those numbers were not great that's almost I mean that's $10,000 more than what you thought you were gonna have to pay back that's so mm -hmm. scary for somebody who's you know in their early 20s thinking that they have a hold on their money and then they see 10 grand extra that they didn't account for it like that's 
that's scary. That is just like, you know. And when you go through the inevitable, you know, job changes and job losses that come with being in your early 20s, just out of school, Mm -hmm. um, it's not just having to make it on your own completely. It's having that giant payment on your back. And if you have credit card uh, debt on top of that or any additional debt, it's just, it's a recipe for depression and angst and fear. That's right. That's right. There's right now there's a, a, there's a big uh, conversation happening about financial anxiety, which is so real. Like I think, you know, people, they, they don't realize how overwhelming these financial struggles can be for people that are young, trying to just figure it out. You're just trying to get a place to live. You're trying to get a job. You're trying to maintain your social relationships. And then this huge financial thing is also just like crashing down on you. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to like sit down and like teach myself personal finance and like read books and stuff, but it's hard, man. On the flip side of that, is there something that you can remember buying that was maybe expensive or maybe it was like a, a purchase that you made that you normally wouldn't make and you actually don't regret it? You actually are happy that you made that. And if you had to do it again, you would because it was a worthwhile purchase. Uh, so every car I've ever bought in cash Ooh. for that big thing. So I've had some really fantastic I'm not going to say luck, but I've I've made some really good car, car purchases. And I'll say I have never had a car note, which has been absolutely fantastic for me, mm-hmm. having pretty much lived low income my mm-hmm. entire life until the, you know, the job and point that I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Not having a car note <laughs> is such mm-hmm. a breath of pressure because I know so many people that have that payment that they have to make every month. And it's just a huge strain. So mm-hmm. over the past several years, I have had several cars that were like beaters when I was getting out of jet. I drove a yeah. car bought for $1,500 off of Craigslist and it lasted wow. me like three and a half years. And then I drove a car I bought for $3,000 cash and it lasted me four years. Wow. And I just bought a car for $6,000. It is a 2014 with only uh, 50,000 miles on it. It's a salvage title, which can wow. save you a ton so of money, money. if uh, you are willing to put in the work and uh, invest a little bit of money in a pre-purchase vehicle inspection and do some research yourself. And I have what anyone else on the road would think is a really, really nice car that I paid, you know, far less money for than it's actually worth. And it's a fantastic car that didn't break the bank and that I never have to pay on. Again, I can just let it drive me. That is amazing. I think that there's this, I I mean, certain communities maybe, but also certain professions or certain jobs, there's this pressure to have the fanciest car or to have a new car. And, you know, when you, when you think about the math of it, it really doesn't make sense to spend money on a new car. It immediately depreciates as soon as you get in the car and drive off the lot. And, you know, financial experts say this over and over and over again. And yet, you know, my sister, for example, bought a brand new car a couple years ago and my dad went with her and he was trying to tell her, don't do this. Just get a used car with cash certified pre-owned and she refused she wanted a new car she wanted a new car and she just finished paying it off almost a decade later and paid like not a new car anymore is it <laughs> right is that a new car anymore and and, and it was like sixty thousand dollars at the end of the day uh, uh, when she added up all her payments like is that that's insane and here you are saying you pay you had a, a really good car for six thousand a fraction and of the car after i sold the previous one for a thousand bucks just once again on facebook marketplace my total car cost for a 2014 Nissan Versa Note with Bluetooth, with backup camera, with all the bells and whistles, five grand. Five grand for a new car with 50,000 miles. 
You guys out there listening, watching, get your notepad, get your pen, take notes, take notes, people. This is how you do it. Like it's just adorable. It's peacock blue. Yeah. yeah. I'm, honestly, this is, I love, I live for this stuff because like I'm, I, I've implemented a lot of like frugality and like fr- little practices in my own life to help me save money. But one of the things I haven't had to encounter is driving. I'm in New York City. We, I just take this train, the subway and the bus everywhere. So when I do go to get a car, trust me. I will get that certified pre-owned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certified pre-owned, salvage title, like, yeah. is, like, I can't tell you how much you saves you money. And I think it's pretty obvious how much buying in cash saves you money because then there's no interest. Exactly. There's no loan. There's no loan. You don't need the loan. You have the cash and saving up the cash. I love that. That's great, great advice. Um, awesome. So uh, for those of you who don't know Sarah, who are not familiar with Budget Girl, I found out about uh, Budget Girl first on YouTube where, cause I have a YouTube channel as well. And I was looking at other YouTubers and I was like, oh my goodness, I love just how authentic you are, how honest you are, how transparent about everything that you're going through and the dollars and this everything. I mean, it was just so honest. And I want, I wanted to like, you know, do that on my channel as well to just be myself, be honest and share my story. Um, but I want to kind of have you share with people like it, it money is it's it's taboo it's hard to talk about it's uncomfortable and, and confusing for a lot of people to understand it and to um you know be comfortable opening up about it so what gave you the well the idea first of all but also the, the bravery and the courage that it takes to go online and create a public um you know platform a, a brand around your money and what you're doing when did that idea come to, to mind so the thirty thousand thirty three thousand dollars worth of student loans that i was talking about um, I hadn't been paying on them when I was working after college and I found myself suddenly unemployed. No fault of my own, but my boss found someone who would do my job cheaper than me, which wow. I can understand. <laughs> no hate on that, but I found myself suddenly unemployed and it wasn't just the day-to-day living expenses that I had to account for, but this giant honking student loan that I had been ignoring. So mm-hmm. I told myself in the fear, in the midst of all of that, that I would do whatever it took to get out of debt. And when I got a new job, I would handle my money situation because I hadn't been doing it previous to that. So I found a job eventually in Hammond, Louisiana. So I picked up and I moved myself and my dog to a place I had never been before, never even heard of. Took a job for $26,000 a year as a newspaper reporter. And I started budgeting. And I realized that that was all I really wanted to talk about. And so I was going to need some accountability. It wasn't my friends were going to get sick of me talking about budgeting. I was in a new place where I didn't really know anyone. So it wasn't like I could confide in anyone there. So one day I picked up the camera and I just started talking to YouTube. And I figured if I started talking about the situation I had gotten myself into, that maybe it would provide some accountability. I could find some people out in the internet that would understand and maybe root me on, maybe give me some tips. Maybe I could help them if they're going through that same situation. And that was six years ago. (laughs) Like you can see like my, I don't know if you can see, but my hairs are standing on end. Like that is incredible because do you know how many people probably had that same experience? And instead they, they stayed in the house, locked themselves up, locked the windows, locked the doors, negativity, let that fester. And instead you're like, why, why would I do that? Why don't I find a solution? There are people in the world. There's so many people I could find online. And even if it's only, let's say, a community of 25 people, how beautiful yeah. would that be? Right. It's it, like the fact that you took that action that you went out and you, you, you went and sought a solution. Like, I love that because I always tell people when you're struggling financially, it's not the time for inaction. It's not the time to just sit around and complain about the problems that you have. You have to figure out, is there one action you can take? What is one bite sized thing you can do? 
I mean, you did a, a big bite-sized thing, but you know, but still. But I did, did it one did bite it. at a time. I mean, at That's the time right. I was make, I was bringing home $1,600 a month and I was wow. going through my budget and I was teaching myself how to cook and how to shop on the sales and how to do things cheaper. And I was sharing what I learned and what I did wrong every single week. And at the time, there wasn't anyone else talking about personal finance on YouTube that was single or that was low income. There were a few yeah. people that were couples like his and her money. Yes. Yes. And um, Dead is Dumb used to be a channel yeah. that was doing that. And Libya Sin, uh, they were on there talking about money. But they were in a different situation than me. So that's right. That's I, right. I figured if I couldn't find the example, perhaps I could be the example. Love that. I love that. If there's something that you need or you want and it doesn't exist, create it. You don't create it. I love that. That 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 uh, go getter attitude, that doer attitude. Because I mean, that's a similar um, reason why I started Miss Be Helpful too. I just felt like there wasn't really a lot of a lot of that happening, especially from women. Um, and and you know, in March on my Instagram, I did a series for uh, women in personal finance for Women's History Month. But then that led to this. I was just like, you know, I have this list of women that are incredible that inspire me on Instagram and have all all kinds of platforms elsewhere, blogs and, and YouTube channels. Why don't I just interview them? Because April is Financial Literacy Awareness Month. And what more awareness should people have than to look at women in personal finance, right? And like, and hey, we're all home right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it was the perfect time to do it. So um, again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time and for sharing your story, because this is so incredible for people to hear this inspiring story from somebody like you, young, single, who didn't know where to start, who just took that giant leap of faith, started anew and like, look where, I mean, you're debt free today. So I am, which is I am. And it took me, what I like to tell people when I, I tell them how much debt I started with and how much income yeah. I started with is that it took me so much less time than I thought, like original projections stated that, you know, if I kept the same income, it would take me like five or six years to get out of debt, which sucks. <laughs> and that's yeah. a really long time to think about it. It ended up only taking a little over three years because along that time, I was able to increase my income. I was able to move for better jobs. I was able to essentially get better at managing my money and figuring out ways to be more frugal. So I love that. If you stick at it, you'll get better. It's like, frugality is like a muscle. Yep, money management, you get better at it. That is so true. Because at first, when I first started, I had like $20,000 of credit card. I couldn't think about what I could cut. It, it felt like everything that I had, I needed. And then as I started to cut, yeah. But once you start doing it little by little, you start to get creative about other things you could do. I started to sew. I started to like meal prep. Like I started, like there's all these things that I didn't think that I would do that I did. And it ends up being a rewarding use of my time. And it saved me money. So Hey, you get a two, four right there. So yeah, that was so great. So inspiring. And I think, um, one of the, the things that I've been telling people is to remember that, you know, financial influencers are not perfect. We've learned the hard way too. We've had our own experiences, our own troubles. So it's just nice to be able to hear that. Like, you know, you overcame a lot of that adversity and, and here you are today. Um, so you were even able to go on Dave Ramsey's show and like do the debt-free scream, which I yeah. saw. I saw on your Instagram, um, on your YouTube channel, when you actually did it and you posted it, I was like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. I was like, happening in real time when I was, when I was following your YouTube uh, postings at the time. So, um, and yeah. now I'm in the middle of escrow on a duplex. I saw, that on, your, I saw that on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. It's Thank a duplex, you. right? You talked about it. Yeah. It's just like a one house. Yeah. That's no, it's a duplex. So I'll be living in one side and renting out the other and the rental income will cover most of the mortgage. That's more of my income and I'm purchasing the house by myself. Oh my goodness. Hashtag goals for real. You guys take notes. I mean, seriously, this is like, I, I, I have not ventured into like purchasing a car, purchasing a house yet, but all my money that's stacked up to do it. 
is like, I'm just going to follow Sarah. I'm just going to follow Budget Girl. Like I'm do just like you because this is incredible. Like that is going to be such an amazing investment for you. And and obviously like long-term, you can continue to make money from it from as an investment property. You can live in it. That was, um, that was just such an awesome story. I hope everybody out there listening is taking inspiration from Sarah. Two things that I want to say before we wrap up. One, I would love for, to have you share where um, people can find you, where they can follow you. We talked about your YouTube and talked about your blog a bit, but tell folks where they can find you if they want to reach out to you, if you inspired them today. So I would love that, by the way. More Frugal <laughs> Friends is always fun and we can all learn from each other. So you can find me on YouTube at Budget Girl. So youtube.com slash Budget Girl. I am also all over the internet at budgetgirl.com. And then on all social media, I'm at Go Budget Girl. Like you're rooting for me. Go Budget Girl. Love it. <laughs> um, awesome. And then the last thing before we wrap up is I've been asking everybody who came on the show so far, if you could put a message or a motto of, of some sort, a mantra on every dollar bill that is circulating around in the world so that everybody could see it, what would your dollar bill mantra or message be? So I think I have a good one for you. I would put on the dollar bill, you can only send me one. Ah, I love that. I think a lot of us, and I did this before I started budgeting, I would either think about the amount that I had in my bank account and use that to make spending decisions. Or I would do this kind of mental gymnastics where like, well, I have this coming in and I have this going out and I have this coming in and you end up spending the money twice, mm -hmm. which is why budgeting is so key. Actually inputting how much money you have in coming in and where you're spending that money, because otherwise it'll disappear. You'll spend it twice. You'll end up in all sorts of problems and you don't need that kind of stress. You deserve better. That's right. I 100% second that. There's something called mental accounting that a lot of um, behavioral economists talk about. Don't do it. Don't mental account. Physically account for it in your budget, either whether that's in a spreadsheet, an app, a pay piece of paper, a, a cash envelopes, whatever system works for you, but you cannot it, mentally account. You will lose track in your brain. You have to. We're bad at mental accounting, like yeah. as humans. Yeah, we're, just, we're not computers. We're not computers. We're not meant to do that. So I love that. That was awesome. And Sarah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Everybody go follow Budget Girl. Go find her and reach out. She's obviously just as sweet in, in person. I met her at FinCon, so I could tell you that. She was so nice to me and still continues to be very you nice. You did such a great job in your session. I, I watched it. You. You're a fantastic presenter. Thank you so much, Sarah. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you.